This morning, we turn to Leviticus. Amazingly enough, when was the last time you went there? Anybody read Leviticus recently? Okay, we're gonna have a little bit of a refresher as we get into it, okay? It'll be good. So, returning to Leviticus 23, chapter 23, and we're starting right at verse 1, and we're going to read till verse 8. Leviticus 23, starting at verse 1. And I think you actually have Bibles in your pews again, yes? Okay, so you can join here. You can also pick up a Bible and read that from there as well, or still use your own app. That is all good. Whatever way you access the word of God. How about that? Leviticus 23. The Lord said to Moses, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, These are my appointed festivals. The appointed festivals of the Lord which you are to proclaim as sacred assemblies. There are six days when you may work, but the seventh day is a day of Sabbath rest, a day of sacred assembly. You are not to do any work. Wherever you live, it is a Sabbath to the Lord. And these are the Lord's appointed festivals the sacred assemblies that you are to proclaim at their appointed times. The Lord's Passover begins at twilight on the 14th day of the first month. On the 15th day of that month, the Lord's festival of unleavened bread begins. And then for seven days, you must eat bread made without yeast. On the first day, hold a sacred assembly and do no regular work. For seven days, present a food offering to the Lord. And on the seventh day, hold a sacred assembly and do no work. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. How do you remember what's important? How do you remember what's important? In our household, we remember what's important by living according to our shared online calendar. It is color-coordinated. That's me more than Brian. It is broken down into 30-minute chunks of time, sometimes 15 if there's a bit of a crunch, My work stuff is in yellow, Brian's work stuff is in red, and then our personal family stuff is in purple. Needless to say that if there was ever a glitch in iCal or in Apple servers somewhere that um, all of a sudden made our carefully color-coordinated online calendar go poof, chaos would reign in the Bork-Bakali household. We would be lost and in all the balls that we so precariously keep up in the air all at one time, would come falling down in a shower of missed responsibilities. And so we manage, we manage our calendar 
with care. Everything goes in there. Work, school, doctor's appointments, dentist appointments, drop-offs, pickups, bills to be paid, deadlines, Zoom meetings, phone calls, and maybe a date night or two. All the important things go on our calendar. That's how we in the Borkbakali household remember what's important. How we keep track of all the things that we really can't forget. And all the stuff that, all the kind of details that are likely to get lost in a life of two working parents and two tiny kiddos. Which means that a quick glance at our calendar, it, it shows, it reveals what's important to us. So you get a glimpse of who we are, of what we value, by how we spend our time, how we structure our time, what we prioritize. Because we remember what's important by the way we structure our time. And we reveal what's important to us by the way we structure our time. Now, I was being a little facetious earlier, but when we're talking about have you been in Leviticus recently for your daily devotional, but we don't really spend a whole lot of time in Leviticus in general, whether that's devotional life or even in a worship series here at Community. I, I actually couldn't remember preaching in Leviticus before today. And if you've ever tried to actually read straight through the Bible, Genesis to Revelation, Leviticus might be the book where that died. It might be the one where you just ran out of steam and said, <laughs> nope. Because there are so many different kinds of sacrifices. There are so many different ways not to eat something. There are so many different ways to cut up an animal and burn it or not burn it. And there are so many little details to remember, to keep track of, and to live by. Leviticus gets its name from the priestly class of Israel, the Levites. So this is basically an instruction manual for priests on the rituals, the rites of God's people, religious practices, right worship, and the religious calendar. Our portion of scripture happens to be from the religious calendar part of this instruction manual on how to keep the religious calendar. The sacred assemblies, the appointed festivals, when to gather, how long to gather, what to do and what not to do during those times. And it's probably not surprising if you've been keeping up with the Sabbath series so far, that this religious calendar is actually deeply centered around the number seven and the rhythm of Sabbath rest. So the weekly Sabbath comes on the seventh day. That's right there. There are seven festivals in the whole year. The two biggest festivals are each seven days long. The seventh month of the year is set apart as special because it's the only one that gets three single holy festival days. And the seventh year, so you got that, seven days, festivals in there, seventh month. And then every seventh year, is a Sabbath year. Not just a Sabbath day, not just a Sabbath week, not just a Sabbath month, a Sabbath year. And then, it doesn't stop there, 
Every seven, seven years, every seventh Sabbath year, there's a year of Jubilee, where Sabbath is just overwhelms everything and reorients their life, economics, their social, everything. But that is for a couple weeks from now, and we will get into the year of Jubilee then. But seven, 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 seven is the rhythm of their religious calendar, the rhythm of Sabbath and rest. And so it's not just central to the creation account, as Pastor Betsy has shown us, but it's deeply embedded in how they are to live their lives and structure their time. And what's amazing is that this isn't a brilliant move by the priests themselves or by Moses getting an idea of like, this is a good pedagogical tool. Let's teach the people how to do rest by just hitting them over the head with seven, hitting them over the head with the rhythm of that. It's not the priest, it's not Moses, it's God himself. Our passage makes that clear. The Lord said to Moses, speak to the Israelites and say to them, these are my appointed festivals. These are the appointed festivals of the Lord, which you are to proclaim as sacred assemblies. God had just led his people out of Egypt, out of slavery, out of bondage. There was plagues and power and might and miracles, and it was all very, very dramatic. And God saved them, brought them out of slavery. And now they've wandered into the wilderness to live a life free of slavery, to live in freedom, to live... How, exactly? God's people all of a sudden found themselves without the habits, the rhythms, the schedule, the calendar to remind them of what was important. Their habits of slavery no longer made sense. But they didn't know how to structure their time any differently. And here in Leviticus, God himself takes the time to color coordinate a calendar for them. Because we remember what is important to us by the way we structure our time, and we reveal what is important to us by the way we structure our time. We've all had the recent experience of losing our own habits and rhythms, our structure, our calendars. In the early months of this pandemic, when everything came to a screeching halt, our carefully coordinated calendars just kind of disappeared. It just got erased. Work, school, stopped, going out, volunteering, hanging out with friends, vacations. Even just the habit and rhythm of getting up on Sunday and coming to church. Gone. It's disappeared. And while I think for many of us, it was a bit of a relief for a little while after the anxiety came down and we settled into days of baking sourdough and painting and going for walks and doing whatever to fill our time. But eventually every day started to look like every other day. That looked like the next day. That looked like the one after that. That looked like the one before that. Our lives lack the normal structure, the dependable rhythm. So many of us found our times and days structured differently, prioritizing other things. 
For some of us, our, our day became oriented around the 10 a.m. announcement of how many COVID cases there were in the province and in our region. Or we oriented our lives around the endlessly crazy news cycle coming out of our neighbors to the south. Or we oriented our lives around all the, just, all the demands of working from home, with emails and Zoom meetings at any hour of the day. And then we lost track of how to orient ourselves to this place and to each other. Going to church got hard. <laughs> Keeping Sunday as a day of sacred assembly got real complicated. And it continues to remain hard. With a live stream getting glitchy or watching church on a screen at home, whether you're on your own or with kids climbing all over you, it, it just kind of breeds frustration and disconnection. It's so hard to gather in a sacred assembly of God's people. And so it can slip off our calendars. We can get out of the habit, whether gathering in person or virtually, and it slips off our calendars and slips down our list of what's important to us. We remember what's important by the way we structure our time. The Israelites before following God into the wilderness and out of Egypt, they were used to the Egyptian calendar. It was a calendar that was centered on the seasons, on the rise and fall of the Nile. When the Nile was going outside of its bounds, when it was coming back in, and around the holy days of the Egyptian gods. So there were holy days for Set and Horus and Isis. And, and God erases that calendar, erases it by drawing them away from the Nile, away from what made that calendar make sense, away from the gods that he had already shown that he was more powerful than. And God marks the beginning of a new calendar, a new way to structure their time, of knowing what's important. Back in Exodus, in chapter 12, it's right at the, the culmination of, of God's conflict with Pharaoh. And the, the plagues are the, we're coming to the last plague. God's people have got their belts cinched, their sandals are on, their, their bread's ready to go, the lamb's been slaughtered, the blood's on the doors. And they're getting ready, waiting for God to act. And in that pregnant moment of anticipation, the Lord stops and turns to Moses and says, this month is to be the first month of your year. This moment, this moment changes everything. And then the action continues, and God saves his people. The calendar begins by remembering God's act of saving his people. Remembering his faithfulness to them remembering that they were once slaves, but now they are not. 
remembering the anticipation, that, that moment of waiting for God to act and knowing that he would. No more Nile, no more Egyptian gods, no more slavery. God rescues them. And he changes the way they structure their time. He changes the way they remember what's important and he changes what is important to remember. Then he gifts them a calendar to help them remember what's important. Starting that first month in his saving act of getting them out of Egypt and slavery to weaving in a weekly rhythm where they, where they remember every week that they are to rest, to not work, because they are no longer slaves. And that habit and rhythm, that, that centuries of oppression takes time to push away and push out. And he carves in the calendar times for harvest, kind of like Thanksgiving, the autumn festivals, carves out time for people to stop and remember God's providence, his care for them, the way he sustains creation around them and blesses them with, a, with an abundant harvest. And then God looks at the way that every generation is shaped by the rhythm of not only a year of rest every seven years, but one generation altering, changing, transforming experience of the year of Jubilee. A year where they practice, again, liberation, where debts are canceled, where slaves are set free, where land returns that has been sold, and they experience liberation again. And by living according to this calendar, shaping their weeks, their months, their years around rest, around God's redemption, around his restoration. God's people remember what's important. They remember who they are, and they remember who God is for them and who God will continue to be for them. Because we remember what's important by the way we structure our time. Our first month of the year isn't January, like the calendar year. Our first month of the year isn't September, like with the school year. It's not March-ish, like the agricultural year. It's not Nisan, which is the first month in the Levitical religious calendar. The Christian year our year, our way of structuring time begins in December. It begins in Advent. It begins in waiting with bated breath for God to act and come into his world. It begins in anticipation of who God has promised to be. Because the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus has fundamentally changed the way that we structure our time, that we set our calendar, that we remember what's important to us.
Every Advent, as God's people, we remember and believe that the promises that God made to his people to redeem them, to rescue them, all point to Jesus, have their fulfillment in him. Every Christmas, as God's people, we gather to remember and believe that God has come to us in Jesus to be our Emmanuel, our Messiah, our Redeemer. Every Lent, as God's people, we remember and believe that Jesus walked a road to violence and death for us. And then every Easter, we remember and believe that Jesus did not stay dead in the tomb, but rose to life to rescue us from sin and death. And every Sunday, a weekly rhythm, as God's people, as followers of Jesus, we gather to remember and believe that God is still at work in our lives, in our hearts, in our worship, in our days, our weeks, our months, our years. Because every week, God gathers us into his presence. Every week, God offers us forgiveness in Jesus. Every week, God invites us to ask for what we need because we know and trust that Jesus intercedes for us. Every week, God speaks to us through his word, a word that is so perfectly embodied by Jesus, who is the living word. And every week, God blesses us and sends us out with the assurance of his presence to love the world in Jesus' name. Every week, not just twice a year, not just sometimes, every week. And by living according to this calendar, shaping our weeks, our months, our years, around the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus, we remember what's important. We remember who we are. We remember and believe who God is for us and who he will continue to be for us. And sometimes we gather here and we need God's people to remember and believe for us because it's hard for us in this moment. We're going through a season where we don't know and we gather so that we're not alone and that God's people can remember and believe on your behalf until you can remember and believe for yourself again. I don't know what your calendar looks like. I don't know if it's color-coordinated and online like mine, or if it's a big whiteboard in your entryway, maybe a, a detailed chalkboard. Maybe it's a flip calendar that sits on your kitchen counter and every month has a different picture of your grandkids. Or maybe, maybe you're just one of those folks that can just keep it all up here. Whatever your calendar looks like, 
as you fill in your days, as you mark your weeks, as you watch the years go by. May you know the joy of gathering with God's people to remember and believe what is important, especially when it's hard for you to remember what's important. And may you remember and believe that all of your days, your weeks, your months, your years, that they are held together by our faithful Savior, Jesus Christ, whose life, death, and resurrection has changed everything. Changed everything that's important. Changed what we remember and believe. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Please pray with me. Again this week, faithful God, you bring us into your presence. You come among us through your spirit. You speak to us through your word. You will feed us at your table and you will bless us to go back into the world carrying your love and mercy. Father, help us. Help us to remember what's important. When often so many other things crowd in and clutter in and fill up our time and space and thoughts and work and life, continually draw us back to yourself, reminding us of who we are, not just what we do. As we learn to practice your Sabbath rest, as we learn to tell our time by your Son. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.